We're so glad you decided to listen to our program today. Our intent is to inform you and to encourage you. This is Are You Listening? with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. In a busy world with lots of distractions, we need to pay closer attention to God. Are you listening to God's Word today? Here's Jeff. Thank you, Jay, and greetings, everyone. I've got a question I want to bring your way in just a moment, but before I ask it, let me set it up by bringing forth the following. In John, the fourth chapter, Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman at the well. From the weariness of Christ to a discussion of water and then worship, Jesus said, God is spirit, John 4, verse 24. Now, we know God is spirit, but let me ask, if God were to come from the spirit realm and set up a press conference here on the earth, and you were invited to the press conference What would you ask God? Some time ago I read where Mr. Lee Strobel commissioned a national survey and asked people what question they'd ask if they could only ask God one thing. And the number one response was, Why is there suffering in the world? Dear friends, if that press conference were to happen, I believe that it would be the most asked question as well at that press conference. Someone would raise their hand and say, God, why is there suffering in the world? And you know, dear friends, it is a most often asked question, and it is one where a lack of a confident biblical answer will lead people away from God, who is the God of all comfort, the very and only one that can help us in our time of suffering. This question is also asked in other ways. For example, you may hear it asked, Why do bad things happen to good people? Or, if there is a loving God, why does all this wickedness go onward? And you know, dear friends, not addressing this question has caused many individuals to doubt the very existence of God. And honestly, to lay blame where the blame does not belong. You know, there was an interesting mode of teaching by our Lord Jesus Christ, who was known as the Master Teacher. He taught as one having authority and not as the scribes in Matthew 7 and verse 28 and 29. People would throng to hear Him, and they would come to listen to Him. And sometimes Jesus would answer a question with a question. And I love the way that he handled that type of teaching and instruction. That he would be asked a question, and then he in turn would ask a question. That would prompt the one that asked the first question to really think about what is being discussed. Dear friends, I believe we need to give this a thorough discussion. And so, allowing me, if you will, to present the question. Why is there suffering in the world? May I answer with a question. Can you and I name any life that has not hurt nor suffered? Dear friends, we cannot. That hurting and suffering is a part of life. There are times that we are in an uncomfortable mode or we become ill you know, can we name any life that has not hurt nor suffered? And we cannot. 
In the book of Job, for example, Job, did he not ask why? And you know, he's noted as a faithful soul. In Job 1 and verse 1, he was one who was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil, but yet we see his great suffering throughout the majority of the book. Concerning Job, in the book Why Suffering by Ravi Zacharias and Vince Vitale, on page 35 it is said, Through the ordeal of losing everything he had except his life, Job found that all he needed to know was to keep his feet on the ground and his mind above the clouds. It was through the valley of his darkest nights and fears that he labored for his answers. That is so true, that in Job's trying moments, he labored, he looked, he sought, and when the book ended, Job had his answers. As God shared with Job of the creation and all that he did. And we get to see it from the outside looking in. God did not inflict suffering upon Job. It was Satan who inflicted suffering upon Job, and God limited Satan of the suffering he would place upon Job. And the only reason that it was done is because Job was such a faithful man, Satan knew that he could strike him, he could hurt him, and that he would turn from God, but God knew the heart of Job. Dear friends, that is a wonderful book, a book that is worthy to look at on its own. But don't miss it, Job even questioned why throughout that book. Now, let's answer the question, why is there suffering in the world, with another question from the psalmist. In Psalm 22, 1, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Again, that's Psalm 22, verse 1. Does the phrase, the question, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Does that ring a bell? Well, let us recall that this is a prophecy of the words of Christ on the cross. For in Matthew 27, verse 46, as well as Mark 15, verse 34, Jesus cries out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And dear friends, even Jesus Christ was subjected to suffering. We know that of that his suffering was to be made perfect or complete as he walked on this earth as a man. We learn that from Hebrews 5 and verse 8. But then we find in Hebrews 5 and verse 9, that he became the author of eternal salvation unto all that would obey him. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21, we learn about Christ and his suffering on the cross and how we should follow in his steps. The Bible says that he did no sin, neither was there guile found in his mouth, but he suffered upon that cross and gave his life that we might live, and yes, dear friends, that we may deal with the suffering beforehand or we will know what God has done to help us address those things. Christ knew what was before Him, for after all, He was God in the flesh. We'll know that from Matthew 1, verses 20 through 23, when the Bible tells us concerning the life of Christ, and when He was born, rather, that He was born of a woman, and when He came to earth, His name was Emmanuel, which interpreted is 
God with us. Let's allow Paul in the beautiful writing of Philippians 2, beginning with verse 5, tell of Christ in the flesh. In Philippians 2, beginning with verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Again, that's Philippians 2, 5-11. Jesus was God in the flesh, and He knew again what was before Him, the sufferings that were ahead of Him. For in the garden, when we read where He prayed in the garden, in Matthew, the 26th chapter, and how He prayed in great sweat drops as blood would fall from His head, how He suffered and how He hurt, You see, when the question was, why is there suffering in the world? The question can be answered by Christ. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? We know the answer, because man needed him. And we know that Christ knew what was before him. He was God in the flesh, and he even knew the thoughts of men, as we note from such passages as Luke 2, verse 35, and Luke 11, and verse 17. How about the apostles? In John 16 and verse 33, Jesus, before He died upon the cross and ascended into heaven, before He was resurrected and ascended, He said in John 16:33 to the apostles, These things I have spoken unto you, that in Me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Notice, dear friends, Jesus did say there would be tribulation or trouble. In Vine's Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words, it defines tribulation in this text as a word that notes the pressing down or anything which burdens the spirit. Well, that would cover all aspects of suffering, would it not? Things that press down on us or burdens our spirit or suffers and hurts us. William D. Mounts in his Complete Expository Dictionary of Old and New Testament Words defines tribulation as denoting the results of being squeezed or put in a narrow place. Hence, trouble, affliction, distress. That's on page 743. See, it's very similar, my friends. Very similar definition. And do we not know that feeling of the suffering and the pain and the hurt that just squeezes us down? But, Let's see what is on both sides of the tribulation or trouble in that verse. You see, on one side of the word tribulation, we find, In me you might have peace. On the other side, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. In A.T. Robinson's word pictures in the New Testament, I love how he paints these phrases. For example, or just the word peace it means that you may keep on having peace in me. 
that in me you might have peace. I want you to keep on having peace in me. Yes, in the world you're going to have tribulation and trouble, but I'm going to give you peace. You keep on having peace. The more you're troubled, I'm going to give you an overabundance of peace. And the phrase, be of good cheer, is a phrase of courage in the face of danger, and it's only here in John. He tells them, you be of good cheer, you be of good courage. Now, you're going to have trouble and tribulation. It's going to come, and you're going to have that, but you be of good cheer. You keep that courage, you stay with it, take your peace on one side, take the good cheer on the other, and you deal with that trouble that comes. Thus, both peace and good cheer indicate the power to meet the trouble, the sufficiency to withstand the trouble, and to become stronger against any trouble. Let us know this, dear friends. Jesus has overcome the world, and He is on the right hand of God. Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 3. He makes intercession for His people. Hebrews 7, 25. And if He overcame the world, dear friends, assure yourself that you have the power to overcome. As we note in Romans 8, and verse 37, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors, through Him who loved us. Let us also think concerning the question of suffering that we cannot answer for God, as He is eternal and we know not His mind, nor the secret things of His mind. Deuteronomy 29.29 declares, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Now, we cannot answer for God because He is eternal, but we can answer on behalf of God through His Word, as we note from 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Thus, dear friends, may we continue our study in the answer to the question, Why is there suffering in the world? All we can do, dear friends and listeners, is take the Word of God and seek our answers to help us press onward, that while we are pressed down, we can see the peace that is there and the good cheer that is available, that we will never be ashamed to question because we find where Job in his suffering questioned, where Christ in his suffering questioned, and where we in our suffering will question. But, dear friends, when we question, let's please seek the answers. Now, I want to pause at this point with a couple of acknowledgments and want to give you a kind gift for listening to our broadcast today that our J. Webb will tell us about in a moment. First of all, I mentioned Mr. Lee Strobel as I began, and I will use and modify his points of light, main points that seem to help in explanation. In researching this myself some years ago, I came across an online article of Mr. Strobel titled, Why Does God Allow Tragedy and Suffering? And he concluded with his article that if you'd like more on the question of why God allows pain and suffering, please see his book, The Case for Faith, which is available for free through local libraries. And then second, we acknowledge throughout our vast listening audience, of which we are grateful to have each and every one of you, 
that there are many who are struggling, who are suffering, who are faced with a myriad of illnesses and strifes of which we cannot imagine. We do hope this broadcast will be of help to you, and to God be the glory. And we offer study tools and aids along the way. Please let us know, and we'll be praying for you. And with that said, from the very outset, the sufferings of Christ make our sufferings bearable. Let's think about His cross with the following from our J. Webb. Hey friends, for listening today, we'd like to send you absolutely free a book titled The Glory and Agony of the Cross. May we send it to you? Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Cross Book. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988. And please leave your name, address, and just say, Cross Book. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information name, address, and type cross book. We'll send it right away. We trust this study of the cross of Christ will be encouraging. Let's go back to Jeff. And now let's begin by considering the following. Number one, folks, please know that our loving God did not create suffering. As earlier expressed, the question of suffering is also asked in another way. If there is a loving God, why does all this evil go on? Dear friends, when we look at God's creation in Genesis chapter 1, we learn from verse 31 that God created a world that was very good. God is love. That is how He is defined in 1 John 4 and verse 8. And God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. That's John 3 and verse 16. But, dear friends, when we look at God being love and how much He cared for the world, please note that our love for Him must be returned. 1 John 4:19, we love Him because He first loved us, and our love is a stipulation to where Jesus said in John 14:15, If you love Me, keep My commandments. Dear friends, God did not create suffering. Now, may we pause here and ask a question for us to consider, and I want you to think about this and and just pause and ask yourself, why is this the way it is? Why is it that God always gets the blame for things that are bad or things that go wrong? Why did God do this? Why did God allow this to happen? Why did God take my daddy? Why did God take my child? Why did God take my wife? Folks, I've heard those questions asked, and listen, dear friends, they're always asked out of a feeling of hurt, great heartbreak, and simply searching for answers. You see, why is it that God always gets the blame for things that are bad or things that go wrong? Here's something that that I like to share with people. Well, let me say I don't like to share it. I wish I didn't, but I find it of a necessity that sometimes people will say, you know, why did God take my husband? Well, first of all, let me ask you a question. Do you really honestly believe as a Christian, a follower of God and one who was faithful, do you honestly believe that God looked down from his throne above and said, 
I am going to take her husband because it's time. I mean, God does not look at us that way, friends. God has done everything possible for you and I to win. I've got another option that I believe it is the most accurate option. Again, I like to ask people, you know, why is it that God always gets the blame for things that are bad or things that go wrong? I submit to you the one that we need to blame is the one who is really at fault. And if there is one that is to be blamed for suffering, sickness, and hurt in this world, then let's do it right. Let's blame Satan himself. Let's blame the devil. I mean, we want to blame God, a spiritual being. Well, why not the devil? How come the devil gets away with it when he is the one who is blamed for suffering, sickness, and hurt? When sin entered into the world in Genesis, the third chapter, it entered in through the serpent's deception and mankind's accepting. God already had the plan in place to get us out of a world of sin. It is the eternal plan before time ever began, and we read about it in Ephesians 3, 9 through 11. In Ephesians 3, 9, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, that which is revealed, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Dear friends, I submit to you that in Revelation 13:8 that we see where Christ was one who was slain before or from the foundation of the world In the eternal plan of God, before He said, let there be light, God had His plan in place that when man fell and when man sinned due to the serpent's deception, that being Satan and mankind's accepting, they saw that the tree looked good for food, a tree they were commanded to stay away from, but yet their love for God was not greater than their lust for that fruit. And sin entered into the world. Now, may we ask a question. Have we ever known God to fail in loving and helping one who is suffering? Even when we read of, well, for example, with Israel, they cried out for judges and God would deliver them. They'd go right back into the sin again. He gave us hope in Genesis 3.15 when he revealed that eternal purpose to where he told the serpent that I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Dear friends, we have to deal with these things. When suffering comes, it's because of sin, dear friends, and let's lay the blame at the one who brought it into the world, and that is Satan himself. And if we turn from God, we find ourselves turning to the one that we should be blaming and avoiding, like the devil is really going to help. You know, there are further observations on suffering. Uh, when I look at the suffering, Mr. Strobel in his article mentioned, for example, so much of the world's suffering results from the sinful action or inaction of ourselves and others. For example, people look at a famine and wonder where God is, but the world produces enough food for each person to have 3,000 calories a day. It's our own irresponsibility and self-centeredness that prevents people from getting fed. 
how about this? The second kind of evil is called a natural evil. There are things like wildfires, earthquakes, tornadoes, and hurricanes that cause suffering. But these two are the indirect result of sin being allowed into the world. As one author explained, when we humans told God to shove off, He partially honored our request. Nature began to revolt. The earth was cursed. Genetic breakdown and disease began. Pain and death became part of the human experience. Dear friends, let us not grant time in placing blame on God when we are allowed and encouraged to place our burdens on Him. Jesus taught us that in Matthew 11 and verse 28, To come unto me, all ye that labored are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And dear friends, we cannot and will not blame God for the evil in this world, but we will beseech Him because of the evil in this world. So first and foremost, it helps me to remember, as I think about suffering, pain, and evil, that God did not create them. Let's pause here and hear from our Jay Webb. Kind listeners, the International Gospel Hour offers absolutely free a Bible study course by mail so you may study in the privacy of your own home. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, I want the home study. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988. And please leave your name, address, and just say, I want the home study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type, Please send the home study. We'll send it as soon as possible. Thanks always for your interest in the things of God. And now, back to Jeff. Friends and listeners, from the very outset, our loving God did not create suffering. And in our next broadcast, we will continue to address this study. Time will not allow us to cover everything today, but we will take care of it in our next broadcast. I'm so glad that you joined me today, and I hope that we've helped you in some way with the suffering of this world. We're going to continue our studying together, so please join me next time on the International Gospel Hour. I'm Jeff Archie. And dear friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope first that it glorified God, but second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. God be with you.